The Film Comment Podcast from Sundance is sponsored by Autograph Collection Hotels. The Autograph Collection Indie Film Project supports independent film and celebrates the power of storytelling to inspire and connect people and places by leaving a lasting imprint. Autograph Collection Hotels, exactly like nothing else. Hello and welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. Coming to you live from the Sundance Film Festival in wintry Park City. Currently, snow is falling quite rapidly. We may not survive. Uh, But fortunately, we're warm and toasty indoors uh, in the Hotel Park City, an autograph collection hotel, and a place that we are glad to be doing the podcast, as we mentioned in our previous episode, because it is warm, pleasant, and, uh, and soothingly decorated. And we have a lot to talk about today because today was sort of a first full day of screenings. Um, I'm Nick Rapold, Editor-in-Chief of Film Comet, and I'm happily joined by... Eric Hines, Curator of Film, Museum of the Moving Image, and Film Comment columnist. Uh, and we're just fresh off one of, I guess you could call him Sundance royalty, although he far exceeds that. He's, he's like almost can, you know, master as well. Uh, Gus Van Sant, new movie. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Full title. Full title. Uh, Eric, can you explain the title for us? And in, and in so doing, the, the story. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> See, it's Help all me a, out here. Let's it's all a matter of... Let's uh, tag team. Okay. The, the, the late night summaries are challenging. So... Uh, it's like catching snowflakes. It is. Less, well, I mean, it's basically, it's, it is a full caption of a cartoon, which is the name of... Uh, the film, which is also the name of the memoir, if I'm not mistaken, that it is based on, um, by cartoonist John Callahan, a Portland-based cult figure who, um, as the film recounts, uh, a man who is uh, paraplegic, confined to a wheelchair um, after a drunken incident. Um, and it's a film that basically uh, traces really just a relatively uh, limited number of years. Um, the years or the time directly preceding an accident that rendered him, um, you know, a, a cripple and, uh, and then the years afterwards and basically reckoning with his alcoholism. So that's, I think that's the sort of outline. Yeah. And, and it's, maybe it's a movie where you, you go in thinking it might be a story of how a, cartoonist shaped his sensibility and overcame a disability. Um, but I guess, I guess I wasn't expecting it to center on the alcoholism and, and the yeah. real structure of the movie coming out of 12 step, yeah. basically. Um, which, yeah, which I think probably helps, helps the movie. Um, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than the usual, you know, origin myth kind of biopic. I, the word biopic did not once pop into my Me head neither, yeah. during it. Uh, it just has a real loose, episodic feel to it. Um, this time kind of just shuffles by and you don't really notice. Uh, it's, it, it, it has, yeah. I mean, there are definitely parts um, that <laughs> I wish weren't there when, like, when sure. he's, you know, gambling about in, in, his, in his wheelchair. Like these feel like scenes from another movie. Uh, yeah. um, but I, I don't know. Well, well there's, there, we, we joked about it. I don't know if, the, I don't think we did on air, but we joked about it yesterday about whether or not this is uh finding forester territory, Gus Van Sant. And for the most part, it's not at all. In fact, it's actually territory that I don't know. It's actually quite new in terms of certain stylistic choices, in terms of 
what truly what it's about and and structurally it seems um we 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 mentioned last night in talking about private life about how it's a a shaggy dog film this is shaggy as well but i actually think in a really good way so like so for me it's a but there are these moments in there that are seemed like just just pitched to the upper deck where it's like okay here's a rousing montage here's gambling about in a wheelchair right. that are kind of meant to like make all ages giggle i guess or something and i don't know what it's doing there in a film that's pretty rigorous about about yeah. addiction and about yeah. um the depths of depression and his challenges in terms of what he dealt with in his life like those are some significant things and there's there's a kind of a light touch to some yeah. parts that are a bit strange yeah yeah, and um, no, I, I I agree that it's also kind of straightforward, um, almost deadpan about some of the some of the addiction stuff. And I, I have to single out uh, an, a somewhat unfamiliar Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess people, I don't want to use the word unrecognizable, but to be honest, I thought he was another actor <laughs> for for a while. Oh, wow. um, uh, I don't know, um, playing a um, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to describe. How to right? describe it? I mean, an he, AA guru, basically. an AA guru who is a, is a sponsor of yeah, yeah, a, some sort of sponsor who's who's an heir to a fortune. So the, the the meetings take place in this you know mansion that he has that he he kind of you know presides over in a queenly manner. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, and he he just gives everyone the the business. We we I think we failed to mention that Joaquin Phoenix is the lead oh, and and Jonah Hill oh, is, yeah. plays that character. That's right. <laughs> and uh, there's yeah. there's a there's a there's a kind of passing through uh, performance by Rooney Mara, like a, a character that doesn't really register much as somebody who develops like from a from a sort of volunteer nurse and becomes a lover right. at some point, never developed in any way, like the like like failing every Bechdel test uh, sort of sort of role but um but Jonah Hill yeah I think it's, I think those 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 are the two performances worth talking about that very surprising performance yeah and I guess when we're saying that it's also I guess Joaquin Phoenix delivering a apparently a very accurate imitation of uh, John Callahan according to his family members who showed up 11 strong in yeah. the question and answer afterwards I don't which was confusing because one thing about the backstory is that he's adopted so I I mean I guess he just maybe it's not that confusing he has a big adopted family anyway so he's a, it's a good imitation but I can't really vouch for that and I I didn't feel like it didn't feel the the, the usual kind of Joaquin Phoenix performance that feels really new in some way, which is what I sort of expect from him. Maybe that's too high a standard. It did have enough of his strangeness to it, um, but it's almost like he used up, or he, you know, used up some of the material he might use for this performance in The Master, where which is right. very much this kind of uh, contorted bodily um, posture he, he he would have there. So in this one, I don't know. It's yeah. And I, and I guess I just it, 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 that's I, I, I see that I, I hear that it's also just I think a testament to how good he is actually that for many a role like this would be the career making performance where you're somebody with massive handicaps and involves sort of vocal performance involves physical right. perform you know like a, you know a compromised physical performance and 
he's just very good in it. It's not like he's right. It's 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 not some like sure, high watermark of his career. He's just quite good, right? Um, and I think that the, the very best actors are, are capable of doing that. The thing about the film that I, I, I found myself enjoying it way more than I ever thought I would, because I just it just kept becoming a different film that I thought it was going to be, um, and I appreciated it for that. There, there's. There's a lot of zooms, there's strange wipes, there's yeah. vertical wipes, there's horizontal wipes. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a sort of strange film to be emptying the bag with stylistic choices, but I kind of enjoyed that a bit. No, I liked each one and I liked how casually it was, it was introduced. You know, It's like, well, he's in the hospital for a while, so we're just going to scroll as the days flow one to another. And each panel that scrolls by, they might even be different sizes too, <laughs> uh, and that's just fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I mean, the, the only thing about it, I, I, I was, I was with that film for for the entire time, and then at the very end, it does this thing that I hate as much as I hate anything in cinema, where it, and I had I had this feeling when we were looping back. It starts off, he's on stage. I don't want to give away too much of the film, but it has a it has a frame, which is a very standard frame. Even a frame even exists in the documentary that that you loathe from this past year that you wrote about recently, um, which is a frame of our protagonist on stage beginning the narrative, and then we come back to the protagonist on stage. And not only do we go back to protagonist protagonist on stage, but we have the protagonist getting an ovation. And not only an ovation from people, but ovation from all the people in the film. So as if we need to be told as an audience... We should appreciate the protagonist. We all have to applaud him. We were instructed to applaud him. No matter what, 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 no matter how many dark moments we've seen him in, no matter how not entirely likable he might be, when it comes down to it, everyone we've seen interact with him is going to give him an ovation. Right. I find it incredibly weak storytelling. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that is kind of an embarrassing moment and just... I mean, I I always bewildered when it's he started with that, and 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 to see him, you know, faithfully conclude with it as well yeah. was strange. The one thing that slightly mitigates it is that it's paired with another frame. Yes, which is which is yeah, which is kind of adorable, ador- adorably personal. <laughs> which is that I mean, I have no problem giving this away because it's it's cute. But he, you know, at one point, John Callahan is, is um, zooming home and he falls off. And who saves him <laughs> but a passing band of ragtag skateboard kids, yeah. uh, which just seems like that's, that's the Gus Van Sant world. Exactly. You know, where there's, there's always, you know, you know, skateboarding kids just around, you know, I, I sort of felt like they were non-professionals, but maybe that's, they were certainly like directed to act like just... Yeah. And in, 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 in without any rhyme or reason, and they they crowd round him. They compliment his drawings, and that happens in the beginning and at the end. So that's what you have to look forward. To. Yeah, I was pleased to go back to them. Yeah, I mean, it put a little personal little stamp on on a project that can, could feel kind of like a yeah, just something standard like a finding finding forester in, in just in the outline of yeah. it. Um, I mean, I have to say, just to compare it to Milk, say, mm-hmm. I mean, this felt. I don't know. It is interesting because there you have another actor who really puts his stamp on it as well with Sean Penn and that. That one still had a certain amount of mystery in it somehow that it injected into a lot of it while also having this personality who was really direct and, and candid. And uh, I, I'm just not sure that this this one really 
found its its mix for me in, in yeah. that same way. I don't know. It, it felt loose and casual in a nice way, but I don't know. Yeah. The Autograph Collection Indie Film Project celebrates the synergy between independent film and Autograph Collection hotels. This dynamic cultural program is anchored by three key programs, Screenwriters in Residency, free indie films streamed at hotels throughout the U.S., and a portfolio of beautiful hotels in key film festival destinations. Learn more by visiting autographhotels.com. Autograph Hotels, exactly like nothing else. So that was the Gus Van Sant premiere. I guess one of the more highly anticipated movies just because of the director and it's been a while since he's been here, since Jerry, but maybe not so much because people probably kind of, I was about to say handicapped is the wrong word, but they probably, you know, downgraded a little in anticipation just because of the subject matter, with what they right. thought, how they thought it would be treated. Um, but two other movies today were two documentaries that kind of complement each other in a nice way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one is Hill County, uh, this morning, this evening. And the other is Crime and Punishment. And I guess as a programming decision to have them on the same day, both public screenings the same Both day. public screenings, both, yeah, first screenings first for screenings. documentary competition films. Good job. Yeah, good <laughs> job. <laughs> Um, so we, we we both like these films. Yeah, I think we, we do. Uh, oh, actually, no, wait a second. <laughs> we both like Hale County. Oh, okay. But I'm realizing that you probably like uh, Crime and Punishment more than I did. Okay. Um, right. I, I came away, I don't want to say disappointed because, uh, but something approaching that by hmm. it. But we can start with Hale County. Okay. Which is, yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, I, I don't, it's, this is a, this is going to be a tough one to talk about in this setting because I think it's a film that I just, I, I need to spend more time thinking about. And I also need to spend more time seeing it. It's a film I immediately wanted to watch again. Um, it's a film I didn't want to end. And, you know, I mean, I, I think you and I are, 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 are seen our fair share of non-narrative leaning toward experimental films that said it's often it's it's not always the case it's actually i wouldn't say it's really case but it's not often the case that you don't want that to end if anything like the length of time that you're spending with something that's non-narrative becomes part of the the challenge of of of, of watching whereas in this case I, I, it could have been twice as long and i would have been i would have been with it um I, I, Briefly, quickly, I guess Ramel Ross is a. Um, this is his first feature. He's uh, uh, known as a photographer previous to this, but he's been working on this for several years. Um, he Hell County is in Alabama, um, and it's a, a region that he had been going to, as he explains in a title card in the beginning, um, as a teacher and basketball coach. And after spending time and taking photographs for a long time, he transitioned into film or into into motion pictures. Um, and so you have, um, and the, 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 if premise is even the word, um, basically a, a Northern African or African-American man visiting the American South and kind of both recognizing a place where he might belong or where um, he once belonged or his people once belonged, um, uh, but then also realizing that he's an outsider and, and, and basically objectifying and identifying at the same time. And that is... It's a it's a it's a gorgeous premise. It's an incredible premise for, for, for to to or a, a provocation to for making something like this. Um, it doesn't even begin to describe what the images are, really. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, 
I don't know what metaphor to use for it. Uh, I mean, you could just say it's a kind of a collection of moments. There's there's a bit of a, a, a spine to it, and that he he's following you know two, three, four people uh, a bit through through their lives and through certain milestones in their lives. Right. Um, there's just enough of that. Just, just enough. enough yeah. That. One one you know a, a, you know a couple with uh, having kids, um, but uh, it's it's really it really just feels more like a, a series of moments and especially particularly just very, a lot of casual moments or, or intimate moments, not in the, in the sense that that's a euphemism for, <laughs> for, for sex, but intimate moments just where you're just close by someone as they're just being in a room. It's people hanging out together in a room. Uh, he's really good at these, these, these shots where it's a number of people in the room, but he's bringing you close to one particular perspective yeah. in, within that room. Uh, sometimes that one, you know, once it's it's a kid just running back and forth in a room, which that shot lasts long enough that it has a kind of Chantel Ackerman quality where it mm-hmm. starts acquiring and changing different meanings the longer it goes. Yeah. And, but he does it with a variety of, of, uh, of, of shots. It's, uh, yeah. And, and for me, you know, that, that had, had a, just a special meaning of seeing, you know, uh, it's, it's almost becoming a cliche to talk about the black body on screen or the black black body experience. And, but, uh, you know, this is a case where you feel like he's showing all, all these other varieties of bodily black experience that are hard even to imagine or to, to write, you know, that you, how would you even think to capture, you know, just three people sitting around on a couch in front of a TV and realize that that's something special, um, uh, you know, um, or, or a grand, you know, an older woman scolding a child, you know, uh, I almost could just list them, you know, sure, sure. are my favorites. No, and then there's within this is there's another one of the uh, subjects who's a, a basketball player, and um, we see him transitioning from high school to college, and some of that footage is just, I mean, it, it's incredible because I don't know that I've ever seen it. It clearly comes from a place of understanding and knowledge and an ability to kind of follow the exertion or follow the, uh, like here's, here's a person exerting himself to practice in this space, sometimes alone, sometimes with other people and just kind of shadowing him in a way that is, it's kind of seductive. There's something actually kind of erotic about it at the same time as it feels, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am, I, I'm at the same time as I'm, it, there's maybe an eroticism to it. I am, it's from his point of view. Like I'm actually shadowing behind his head while he shoots baskets. And I feel like by the time, by the end of this long sequence, I'm doing the same thing. So yeah, I mean, you described the idea of like bringing the camera close to people at certain moments that, uh, yeah, like, I mean, in, in, that we can describe shots where that's done, but it's also in the more abstract. It's, it's a simultaneous, like subjective and objective thing, which sounds like an academic thing. And Ramel is a very smart, He's a, he's a professor, like he, he can talk in that language, but you also see it, you see it actually happening. Yeah. And there's nothing even remotely academic about watching it happen. No, not at all, not at all. And, and, and then there are also just moments where he's appreciating natural beauty that's occurring around, around the people, yeah. uh, you know, just going about their business. I, I, there's one great scene where you know, someone's just has like a, I don't know, it's some sort of garbage fire or something that they're burning stuff. And he's, he's attracted to the way the smoke 
uh, is being, you know, illuminated by the sunlight and he's sort of explaining that's why he's doing the shot. And, and the guy was, when, you know, the guy he's talking to was like, I was wondering what the heck you were doing. So it's just this great moment where you're taken out of this project, but also, um, you know, you, yeah, you just, it's, it's again, just giving a couple of perspectives there, his own. I always like that kind of thing when a filmmaker puts their yeah. little signature in there for a second. About well, that means so it's, it's really meaningful for this one in particular, because yeah. you've got an acknowledgement within the film that he's an outsider, right. that he speaks differently and he's yeah. looking at their world differently than they're seeing it themselves. Yeah. And rather than passing that off on their point of view, He's owning it as his own and then like introducing another yeah. voice of going, what are you seeing? What are you doing? Yeah. And, and, and then he doesn't even like, he doesn't privilege himself as this, you know, finder of beauty because he has a couple other instances where he shows the people he's shooting, just noticing something cool or pretty. Right. Right. I mean, there's this one, I mean, it's also hilarious. This guy's just making a shadow with the, like a, tater tot or something well it's during the eclipse oh it's during the eclipse oh right right yeah. that's what it is he that's was right. using the tater the the the, 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 what are they like the fry the waffle, waffle fry. cut the he's waffle using fry. a waffle cut fry to demonstrate the like double shadow you get from an eclipse that's great so <laughs> the beauty of the eclipse through as seen through a waffle cut fry so crime and punishment then so crime and punishment well can i just there's one other thing i wanted to mention about um, oh hell county about hell county is that um, another film I saw today was a drama. Um, I won't go into it since I think I, I, I only I saw it, but it was um, Monsters and Men, and uh, it's a triptych drama. It's it's about the, this inciting event, which is a uh, you know the sadly you know common thing of a person getting killed during a police uh, you know arrest, um, and then there are three stories from three different perspectives of how people deal with it. One is like a person in the neighborhood who, who, who witnesses it and tapes it. Another is a police officer who knows the cop who, who did, uh, did it. And then the third um, is a, another a, a, a kid in the neighborhood, a, a, a teenager who's um, like a baseball prospect who's just trying to keep his head down. And all I want to say to connect that to Hale County is that they both struck me together as you know, approach again to kind of black experience through a through multiple perspectives, through a kind of mosaic approach, right. um, very concertedly in this one because he didn't have to tell this story through three different perspectives, and and you know he might have chosen just one. In the Q and A afterwards, he said that he wanted to avoid. He felt like Fruitvale Station had already been done, huh. so this is his his next f phase or, or or step that he was trying to do. So I I. I had a third movie that somehow fit into this where I thought, oh, you know, maybe this is a multiple perspective thing that people are kind of trying, but it's, it's escaping me what, uh, what that other film was. But I don't know, just something to think about, sure. you know, the, the idea of not just plunging into one, say, Fruitvale Station, you know, where it's very much the handheld subjective, but in this case, this idea of constructing for multiple viewpoints. Sure. So um, I don't know. Just putting that out there. Nice. Um, and in a way, that does bring us to... Uh, Crime and Punishment, because mm -hmm. Crime and Punishment is about the NYPD 12. Is that what they went by? Yep. And they are 12 police officers who were protesting against the quotas, uh, policing quotas that they had in New York City. Uh, officially. Still going. Officially until 2010, and then unofficially since then, still going, I guess. Is, don't don't no. they say that it was, they, they officially stopped having quotas in 2010, but they really continued? 
Right. That's the idea. They officially that they've been right. ceased, which is why they that there's a class action lawsuit. Yeah. Where, yeah. So it it follows. Uh, yeah, it follows their their efforts to first, you know, to gather evidence, which they're constantly doing about how their superiors are making them get a certain number of collars as, right. <laughs> uh, each month. And then, you know, also a particular private investigator who's helping them, who's also getting a, a, a young man out of Rikers, who was probably one of these quota arrests, who, you know, innocent, but was put in jail. So it's kind of also moving between different perspectives uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, but maybe you want to... <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll start. I, 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 uh, I think it's a really... I think it's a real achievement, this film. Um, I think in, in terms of... Uh, it is... It's not a formalist film by any stretch of the imagination. It is... It, it's taking various different methods... Um, uh, visual modes, uh, it, it, as you mentioned, like it, you're not just following whistleblowing cops. You're also following a family and, uh, you know, of, 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 of a young man who is, uh, would, would certainly seem to be erroneously accused of a crime. You're also encountering people on the street. Like, the, like there are, there are characters that, um, you're a, a private investigator who's a former cop. There, there's kind of approaching this from various angles. But what I actually really liked about it is it feels like it's approaching it from various angles, not as a strategy. Um, like here's we've mapped out the way that we're going to actually approach this topic, but it actually seems to be something that is quite organic over time where like one person leads to another person, leads to another person, leads to another situation. And that I like the way that plays out because that feels accurate to what a durational film like this shot over several years would how that might unfold, how you're going to actually spend a fair amount of time with one person, then maybe at some point that person pulls back or they have cold feet or they drift away for other reasons and then we pick up with the next person. And so something about that and, and the kind of dogged just hanging in there with people and, and, and you know, not everything we're seeing in the film is not just geared toward what's happening with the case. Like, how is this, how, you know, how is this case unfolding? There's an element of that. And I think it's edited in some ways to kind of keep you apace with developments over the years. Um, but I, I also just like the way that there's, you know, again, not to, not maybe it's just the hour that I'm also going to be punny, but with like that, he's just kind of collaring subjects, Stephen Mang, the filmmaker, collaring subjects over the course of the film and, and a not necessarily, you know, uh, completely deliberate way that allows for, in addition to this being, I actually think in some ways, incredibly mind blowing what you're watching, you know, active New York city cops, uh, speaking against their own department, which does not happen. So yeah. you're seeing that and that's playing out like a thriller in many ways, but you also, what I guess what I'm saying is that that approach, this sort of winding approach allows for these sequences where we're just watching a filmmaker kind of get to know these people and they're getting to know him and they're letting him into their world. And, and there's a real, like just, just 
a tactile in the moment person to person quality to it that you just don't see in a film about like a grand topic like this even films that i really like like central park 5 like like where like you know it's a it's a it's a case over a long period of time and yes we're we're getting to know these people who are demonized the, but there's something about the way this yeah. unfolds that it it, it it seems less strategic and more just organic that, that i don't know those two modes this sort of thriller you know serpico story matched with this this in the moment uh, observational filmmaking that I was really yeah by. that really actually that really helps me think about it actually I have to say because that was one thing that this uh, the organic quality I, I, it, but but I see what you're saying that that I, that helps me a lot I mean well I mean it, it reludes to what's maybe awkward about it you know yeah. but, but I just appreciated that myself. yeah I mean it's true I mean a lot of and Central Park Five is a great example you know a lot of these movies that are recounting uh, you know a crime of injustice and the investigation, they, 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 they decide upon a framework and then you kind of, you know, either, <laughs> if you're not okay with framework, the movie can be a real slog, you right. know, like Central Park five is not my, you know, <laughs> it's not my favorite, uh, investigative sort of movie to, to be honest. Um, yeah. and, um, but yeah, this one definitely takes a more, un, yeah, kind of unfolding approach. And and you you you'll it's it is remarkable how it will dip into each person's li- lives. Uh, I mean, the one that really moved me the most was was sorry I can't remember her name, but she's she's a divorced mother, and you know you see her with her daughter who's going to go to the prom, and she lets loose some of the, I mean just like, just drops amazing. <laughs> lines of philosophy and yeah. like that kind of come out of nowhere because she'll just be musing about something and then she'll just crystallize everything in a perfect line. There's one line about black history that I don't even want to spoil, but listen for those words because she has these two or three lines she says, which are just pretty mind blowing. And I mean, they, they, yeah, they're, they're a poem. She basically <laughs> says a poem. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do like that. There's a sequence uh, that I really loved in the, in the film where we're, it's pretty early and we're getting to know, we're meeting this private investigator figure who's a big, big character yeah. um, in many ways. <laughs> and he, and, and you get the sense that this is kind of early in the relationship between the, between Stephen Mang, the filmmaker and, and the subject where they basically go to a pastry shop and he's like talking to the woman behind the counter and relating it to the filmmaker as being his first time. And so basically a rite of passage happens where he says, no, I'm going to take your camera and you're going to eat this pastry and it's going to crumble everywhere. And he's a this whole, and it could not be more New York. Like it's yeah. an in, intensely New York thing that I think is really important because it's, it's, it, you, one would be tempted to think of the, the, these figures involved in this kind of whistleblowing activity as being not, not the real cops, not the real, like the real New York who are like the blue wall that is opposed. Right. And, and so those moments just show like, it's just like this, these, I mean, i grew up with cops. I mean, I'm, I'm from Staten Island. Like everything about this just feels incredibly familiar. And this filmmaker is just kind of being introduced into this. And then the next, like the cut from the sloppy handheld, like cat, like the, the frame falls off. Cause he's literally eating the pastry. <laughs> Is is gorgeously composed shot of a rear rear view mirror and a really great interview basically between right. that private investigator and Stephen Mang and those two that those two textures next to each other I think that is like just in a, in a nutshell why I love the film yeah. is that you can do 
those two things. You don't have to choose, you know what, right. everything in this film is going to be beautifully composed and that's the way the look of the film is going to be done. Right. No, it, it's, it's both. Yeah. Well, you, you successfully preempted my churlishness. Oh. I mean, which is more or less about... I never the, want to preempt your churlishness. <laughs> please. Please, of I, all things I ask you. I invite your churlishness. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of, as the movie went on, you know, as you know, as moved as I, I would be at times, it, it also just felt like, didn't feel so movie-like always. It felt more like a piece of investigative journalism for a lot of it, uh, you know, in a way that I can, I can appreciate and I can obviously feel is really important and vital and necessary. Groundbreaking, I'm sure. There are these hidden hidden audio recordings mm. that they do. And, you know, we are hearing sergeants actually saying, like, I shouldn't tell you this, but, you know, my superior said that, you know, you, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's definitely, it's a, it's a significant work of, of, of investigative journalism. Yeah. But, but you're saying that, in a sense, it's more than more that than a movie. Yeah, it, it really felt like that that kind of overshadowed its mm. its moviness for me. Okay. So I would I would get kind of impatient with that. Um, and yeah, that wasn't helped by all the drone shots of New York, which I really tried to make work as meaning something, but I just came back to They're I, Florida too. They're not even your standard. No. Well, I appreciate that they're not your standard, like just gradual you know, like floating into the right. air, yeah, yeah. Uh, establishing shots. They're they're not that, but they're aggressively something they're, else that I didn't like. Either. Yeah, they are. They are aggressively something else that I didn't <laughs> like. That's a good way. There's like a like a like a like a laser like like a, like a torpedo zooming into a, like a subway elevated yeah. train too, which disturbed me. I'm like. The drone should not be flying close to subways. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, and they just kept on hanging around Central Park too, which just felt <laughs> weird. Like it I shouldn't don't, be a Central. Park. I don't know what the point of that was exactly, and it just it just really felt at odds with with uh, the authenticity, for lack of a better sure. word, of a lot of the rest of it. Just sure. and and drone shots. Uh, yeah, there's just such an unrealness to it. There's such a you know, out of the box, you know, stock footage quality to it that you're just, you know, you're getting really into it and suddenly he's taking you out in that way. I mean, why that way? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, but what if he did footage of the neighborhoods? That I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not, it's the worst thing to do is say, why didn't he do something else? But so what, yeah. how about this? Why, what, what if there were drone shots in the Gus Van Sant film <laughs> and there was an applause a scene where the, the, the NYPD 12 got <laughs> applauded at the end of the film. That Would you prefer that switch? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough, we're horse trading with uh, <laughs> different devices. I mean, um, Crime and Punishment does have this, um, it kind of returns to this motif of officer graduations. Right. Uh, or, or, yeah, I guess just, yeah, police Although officers. there was a, the, the, there was one really great one in this though. Yes. Yes. Well, which one? Well, well tell the me promotion. The promotion. The promotion. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, that's, anyway, we're, that's we're, pretty we're impressive. Away. Yeah, um, no, no. I mean, I was just pointing out that that was there's uh, a motif. There's a motif. <laughs> just pointing out, just doing my job, pointing out the motifs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's like those those dogs that just point at. Duck, I was going to say you're ducks. a motif pointer. Yeah, motif pointer. I'm just going to hold a Labrador the pose retriever until I'm cold off and can <laughs> go back to the doghouse, the critics' doghouse. Um, but uh, yeah, crime and punishment. And to its credit, I'd even think about the title, you know, being a heavy title, being. A and I think it's officially system. crime plus punishment. Oh, crime plus is that means like they're in love? <laughs> I don't know. No. Okay. 
or it's like graffiti. I don't know. Like Romeo plus Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. The, the immortal Baz. Um, so does that, did we, did we have any more to say about think, crime and punishment? Are we, I think we're, good. we're more or less at the end. I think we, yeah, we're, we're at the, we're at the end, but, uh, uh, any observations about this point in the festival? We're heading into the weekend, which is always a pretty grueling marathon for all concerned, I think. Um, and I don't know. There's a lot to come, you There's know, like this come. is the first full day and we have two more, I would say like the. I would say three or four days of premieres. I think premieres still go through Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So they're going to keep coming. Um, yeah. And as a blizzard hits, it'll be uh, an intense couple of days for all of us to get around, <laughs> just literally go from venue to venue or to yeah. find food. Um, it will be a challenge, but uh, I'm excited. This, you know, yeah. a lot, lot to come. Yeah. So far we haven't keeled over. So you will have more podcasts. You insatiable audience, you. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back to you tomorrow with another episode from the Autograph Collection Hotel, Hotel Park City. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. The Film Comment Podcast from Sundance is sponsored by Autograph Collection Hotels. The Autograph Collection Indie Film Project supports independent film and celebrates the power of storytelling to inspire and connect people and places by leaving a lasting imprint. Autograph Collection Hotels, exactly like nothing else, 